Blog Talk Radio. On a mountain, in a valley, I beheld only God. In hardship, I saw Him by my side. In ease and well-being, I beheld only God. Like a candle, I melted in her flame. Amidst the sparks of the flames, I beheld only God. Rabia the Mystic. Good morning, my friends. Welcome to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. I'm so pleased to have you joining us today. Brian has not yet checked in, and I'm going to presume that all is well with him. Whoops, there he is. Let me bring him in right now. Good morning, Brian. How are you today? I'm wonderful. How are you, Mara? I'm good. You've checked in at exactly the right time for you to do your opening. Wonderful. We are here only to be truly helpful. We're here to present Him who sent us. Not have to worry about what to say or what to do. That He who sent us will direct us. We are content to be wherever He wishes. He goes there with us. We will be healed as we let Him teach us to heal. Good morning, Mara. Good morning. Good morning, Brian. It's so nice to hear your voice. I'm glad all is well. I decided I wasn't going to even allow myself to think that anything was less than well, and amazingly, you called in at that second. So it shows that just accepting everything as it is is so immense. It is so immense. Today, my friends, we are going to be talking about Holding our, our, our words, our deeds, our, our reactions until uh, we've had some time to think about it so that we don't, so we don't regret. Are we always going to succeed? No, no. Sometimes we don't even know our motivations, but we're going to talk about it and about the joy and peace that can come to you when you can sit there and say, oh, I'm so glad I didn't say that. I'm so glad that I didn't speak that because, you know, sometimes our, our reactions basically aren't going to change anything and uh, we're going to regret them and if you have any experiences with that call us at 646-595-3584 informationally the music is playing behind and i know there's words and there's kind of a split on that should we have music where there's there's words and you can't really hear them uh because we're talking over them or not uh I opt to do that, and I'm actually going to play another piece later uh, called Sky Scent. Both of these are from Refiring the Grid. It's a movement where people all around the world, at exactly and precisely the same moment, just as we're doing here this morning, stop. And for a moment, they connect themselves with the breath of God, with each other. And, And they pray for the reawakening within each of us the refiring of the grid of love. And both of these these, uh, pieces of music, excuse me, uh, resound in people, and and they awaken, they they feel comfortable, they help you to remember who you are and that you're not alone and that you are loved just as you are, no matter whether you were able to hold your tongue or not. So that's what we're going to be talking about. But first, let's find out what's going on. Brian, what's happening with you this week? Is life being fair? Is business going well? Or are you getting a chance to rest? Yes, yes, and yes. I actually think uh, business is a little bit slow this holiday season, or I guess the holiday season hasn't quite kicked in yet. Um, so normally I would be going on another trip just before, things, uh, just before Christmas. But I think this year I'll go just after Christmas. So... It's going to give me some time to completely focus on the holidays and go out and get my gifts and get it all squared away and set to go. 
Good for you. Good for you. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. I have had a, at times, trying but definitely enlightening week. On, um, I had a, a trial this week, a trial, a hearing, but in hearings normally you don't ask questions. So to me, when you ask questions and have to prepare witnesses, that converts it into a trial. And uh, as I was preparing for that, you know, uh, and giving it kind of the maybe over-importance that we all do to our work, or many of us do to our work, I will admit that work is is definitely something that I have to kind of bat down because I'm, I'm so inclined to, to give it my undivided attention. But what happened was my um, on Wednesday morning, I get a phone call that my mother is in the intensive care unit again. And it, it, was, it was a very, very frightening thing because she was in what's called the trauma force or neurological trauma um, intensive care unit in a local hospital. And initially I could get no information at all. And so I, I was there just... You know, sometimes, my friends, God takes us, and I always say he grabs us by the heels and shakes us around. I know that God isn't really doing that. It's our human nature that's causing that, because I, like everyone, want to control and know what's going on so I can start getting in charge, and I was absolutely, totally out of control. I had no information other than that my mother was having physical therapy. And she was in the unit, apparently, where people have strokes. And so, of course, you know, my mind and my imagination went wild. While I was waiting uh, to see my mother, which was a very long time, and um, for me to wait in ignorance, (laughs) you know, if I want to know something, I've become so used to our modern world where you just go bam, 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 and you put it in the computer and the answer is there. And to me, perhaps the lesson in all of this is that's not the way it is with humans. There, there's no speedy ask.com that's going to tell you everything. And uh, finally, and when I had asked, can you tell me what's going on? No, not till you come back here. Which, of course, enhanced the sense of foreboding I had in my life that something terrible had happened to my mother. And then uh, after about an hour, because they had said 10 minutes, I went back and I go, you know, can I come back and see my mom? No, now she's having this. And and then I said, you know, okay, um, I understand that I can't come back there, but can you please tell me, did she have a stroke? And um, I heard no. And that was like just phenomenal. Well, didn't your father tell? you they asked me and I said no my dad's an old man he didn't tell me <laughs> you know? he just told me my mom was in the intensive care unit bam and went home to go to sleep you know it was kind of scary and so then they told me that my mom you know was ill and that she had, had issues with her blood sugars and that they were getting them under control and sure enough she stayed in the intensive care unit for an entire day now here goes managed care I think what the next part is so The next day when I come in, my mom is now in a room. She was moved there that morning. That was Wednesday, Thursday. And uh, so I visit with her till 1, and I go off to prepare for my Friday uh, trial because I had witnessed to prepare. And guess what? After I left, they they discharged my mom. (laughs) So, so. I didn't have time to feel to, to get over the fear before I was feeling joy. And then I thought, how amazing. What a lesson. What a lesson about how I gave up my peace. I became consumed with fear. I had to be very careful not to let my mind go to the worst possible constructions about what could happen. And in the end, it, it was a miraculous event. And really, that's really what it's about in life. We we go through ups and downs, highs and lows, um, happiness and sadness. And from all of those experiences, from, from the pain we learn, from the happiness we learn, we decide who we are. And in the end, 
all is well, and we go home. So it was a very, very interesting week, and and certainly uh, also an interesting week in, in just holding your reactions in check until you have enough time to be glad you didn't speak, you know, because there's always those tensions. A lot of people say that uh, when they're around family, that's a constant. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> you know, that <laughs> the holidays, some people say, oh, I love, oh, great, we're all going to get together and fight. <laughs> you know? We all keep our mouths shut, we'll be good, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I just keep my mouth shut. I, I just like, okay, smiling, smiling, you know. Isn't it amazing, folks? Please call in if you have this experience, 646-595-3584. But I'm amazed how everyone is vying for my parents' love, and I'm so aware they love us both that I can, they love all four of us, that I can step back. But it's like this competition, and you say, you know, I, I finally have gotten to the place where I said, you know, this isn't something to compete about. And I feel comfortable saying that, but I'm certainly not. You know? But boy, when, when people are afraid, you know, they just need that affirmation of being loved. Loved by our earthly parents and by our heavenly creator. And so uh, it's been an amazing week for me, Brian. Amazing. <laughs> you know? I can tell, and and given that story that you just shared with us, and of course given the the, the subject matter of this topic of the show, which is stop, wait, and reconsider, would be a wonderful Chinese proverb that actually I shared with my Course in Miracles group on Tuesday, and that is there was this farmer who was a poor farmer who had one horse to help him to plow the field. And one day, his horse escaped and ran off. And the for- farmer being so poor, he didn't know what he was going to do to be able to harvest his, his uh, fields and be able to make his food and make his money. And all the village people came to him with their condolences and saying, oh, we're so sorry, it's such an unfortunate situation. And the farmer's simple reply was, we shall see. And then a few days later, the horse returned and brought back wild horse with him. And now the farmer has four or five horses. And all the village people come and, and, and congratulate the farmer and say, wow, what a wonderful turn of events, how fortunate you are. And the farmer simply replies and says, we shall see. And then a few days later, while the farmer's son is trying to tame the wild horses, the son gets bucked off the horse and breaks his leg. And all the village people come to give their condolences and say, wow, what an unfortunate situation and we're so sorry and the farmer simply says we shall see and then lo and behold a few weeks later the emperor of the land declares war and comes to collect all the young men to go to war and alas they could not take this farmer's young son because his leg is broken and all the village people come and say wow what a fortunate incident that your brother that your son only has to suffer a broken leg and not possible death at war and the farmer simply says, you guys, with all of your judgments, saying what's good and what's bad before you know the outcome, how, how come you guys judge all the time? When we can realize that when things, when we're in the moment of things, we're in the, such a small little box, you could say, only seeing such a small little picture, that we can't really truly judge the situation to be good, bad, or whatnot. And if we can just sit back and realize, recognize, Truly, that life, the universe, God, Allah, whatever, is always on our side, and there really is nothing but good in all situations. Now, don't get me wrong. There are situations that we can experience where, man, we certainly can't find any good in the situation. But if we can sit back and hold that little door open of, okay, I know there's got to be good in here. I certainly can't see it right now, but where is it? Only from that space can it then come into our limited experience and then we can open up our vision, open up our horizon and recognize the good in every situation. Yes. Yes. And and God, and what a challenge. I think that's probably the challenge of life. That probably is, you know, to to step back and say, Okay, what's going on here? You know, um, 
how can I grow from this? And, and, and remembering on a mountain, in a valley, I beheld only God. In hardship, I saw him by my side. In other words, we're, we're accompanied on this journey. And, but it's there for a reason. I, went to, I said to a friend last night who has some difficulty with things that happened in his youth, and and he was um, like judging. I guess that's the word. Although he he's not a judgmental person, but I think that sometimes when we realize that it's like theft, there's lots of thefts that can go on in life that don't actually involve things at all. You're not stealing someone's things. You're stealing their thunder. You know, when you're listening to someone and you're thinking about what you can say that will show that you're smarter, wiser, better, or you correct someone's pronunciation of a word and say pronunciation, whenever you do those kinds of things, you're stealing from that person. You're stealing their little piece of the moment. And so this was a judgment, and maybe such of our fears arise from judgment. But he was saying, well, you know, um, I look at how you relate to your parents, and I know basically what you've shared with me about what happened in your life. And I, um, and I know that it's not much. It's not as my life is not as bad as what happened in your life, but I'm having difficulty relating to my parents. And, you know, the first thing I, I thought was... Everything that happens, pain is pain. It doesn't matter, you know, what. It doesn't matter whether it's big or small. If it hurts, it hurts. There's not like, you know, a gradation of, of you, it's okay to feel worse about this and not so bad about that. I mean, we develop that system in our own mind of what we can accept and we cannot accept. But I also thought of something, my friends, that really, really, I or maybe my guides reminded me of something. Uh, and that was that. I was less mad at what happened to me from my human family than I was mad at God when I realized that God knew that this was all going to happen to me before I ever even came into this life. And I was mad. I was Isaiah kind of mad. If you ever want to go and see how it's okay to be mad at God, I was mad. And... Uh, I hadn't come to accept that every moment has a place of peace, as we talked about last week, or has something of value in it. And I shook my fist at God. And I said, how could you bring me in to this world knowing these things were going to happen, things that shouldn't happen to children? And amazingly, at that moment, I had a moment of epiphany. And I realized that before I came to this life, before I agreed that I wanted to be on this planet in this human form, that my soul would separate from the beauty of the eternity and come into the, to the, the time of finiteness of this body, that I, it was like a video of my life was there. I could see all of the human choices that could be made good and bad, all of the potential ups and downs that could occur. And basically, the question was, did I want to experience these things? And if I did, in human terms, if I did, could I keep my eye on the ball? Could I remember my loving father, my loving mother, the creator of all things? Could I remember that I was never alone? And I overwhelmingly said yes, and so did each of you. So these things that we experience not only are designed to help us be all we can be, but they provide the challenge for the other people to look at themselves and look at our reactions, and all of us are student teachers all along. But each and every one of us agreed that we would experience what we're experiencing, the good, the bad, the indifferent, and that, and we all agreed, 
that we would remember who the other actor was, a part of God. And that is what the Hindus call maya or maya, the delusion, the act of breaking through the cloud, breaking through the wall, and realizing our divine connection to each other. within every moment when we can drop below the surface level expressions, actions, and words of ourselves and one another and connect to space. But we are connected deeply. When we can do that in every moment, then peace is the only experience that can be experienced. Because on our human level, we can always be in conflict. In fact, we can be in conflict with our own self. And we are often are in our own minds, conflicted and jumping around and wondering and doubting and all all the above. And it's until we can be joined and no longer conflicted uh, in alignment that peace can be the experience. And so when we drop into that place of peace, which is in the depths of ourselves and in the depths of everyone else, where we're no longer conflicted, then peace is the only thing that can survive or the only thing that can exist. Because only in conflict can there be nervousness, can there be upset, can there be discomfort of any kind. And that's a space that we can all enter into at any moment, any given time, when we simply bring it into our conscious awareness and choose it consciously in our, in our experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, if any of you have not read Neil Donald Walsh's Conversation with God, Book 3, I have a favorite, and that that's not necessarily my favorite book, but that is absolutely a book that can give you such peace about the reality that we can truly, as human beings, live in peace. And uh, the idea in, in that book, uh, God talks to Neil Donald Walsh about other other cultures, not the human culture, where such occurs, and how people how those cultures deal with uh, with with people who step outside off the line because everybody steps off off the line, but we somehow have such a violent reaction to people stepping off the line and and the reality is and and we believe that's that's natural. That's the only way you can react. You have to teach them not to do it again, you know. And there are other there are other options. And and we we as we open our minds to this, as we come to realize the peace of it, you start getting better and better at staying in peace. As I've said so many times on this program, you start saying, "Wow, you know, all right, I know that I've lost my peace, but I remember where I left it." Because you learn to feel it. And, and you know, when we're talking about all of these concepts every Sunday, we're actually talking about feelings. Learning to remember your feelings so that you, you know what it feels to be out of peace and you know what it feels to be in peace. You know what it feels to have peace of mind. And so when you lose that feeling, you then know that you're missing something so that you can bring it back in. But if you talk about peace as just a word, and you talk about it as a mythological word, then you can't live it, you can't feel it. Because it's just a word. It's something that you don't even believe in. But when you begin to feel it, that first fractional feeling of it. I remember that moment. It felt like it would last forever. And it felt so wonderful. It wasn't elation, nor was it sadness. It, it was not an absence of a feeling. It was a neutrality of feeling. And by that I mean that it was a place where you felt 
calm. Everything was still going on, but there was just no need to become involved. And and as I've as I've learning to live in this place, I'm learning to find ways to speak so that I get to stay here. Now that doesn't mean that that people around me aren't scurrying, you know, but I when I find myself getting pulled away, I recognize that in me because I know the feeling I want to have. That, that neutral zone where where I just feel wonderful. I just feel wonderful, and and I wish I could describe it better than that, but when I move away from that spot, I know it. And then it's my choice, how long do I want to stay away? And for me, it's becoming less and less time, and I'm hoping... Uh, I firmly believe that as time comes with peace, I will develop the wisdom to stay here always. Yes, and we all want. I don't think it can be emphasized enough that it's all about the feel. You see, words, concepts are just imagination. I, for instance, share with you this thought or ask you to simply close your eyes and picture a cat. What I'm saying is the word cat, which is just letters, letter, C-A-T, which formulates to make a word cat, which in and of itself is meaningless until you have the visualization of an actual cat and place an image to the word. So the words, the ideas, are just simply a pointing, a signpost pointing toward something. So when we're talking about this space of peace, and Amara, we both know that it just cannot be described in any way, shape, or form. It must be experienced for oneself. In fact, if I share with you the word cat and you've never experienced a cat, then you can't know what it is that I'm talking about. And this space is within each and every one of us. This space of peace can be tapped into, you could say, in in every moment. We've all, to some degree or another, experienced peace. If nothing else, I know sometimes we have difficulty sleeping, but if any one of us has had a wonderful night's sleep and woke up feeling energized and, and full of energy when we woke up, that's a state of peace. You were in experiencing peace all night and woke up to it immediately when you felt good. Because peace, letting go of all of our confusions, all of our com- conflict, anything that is fighting or warring against, when we let go of that and we get into a place of peace, then we're energized. Because, you see, we are energy. Energy is what makes us up, you could say. And we have an abundant supply of energy. And even to say the word supply would misunderstand what it is that we are because we don't have a supply like we have a storehouse of energy. We are energy. Everything is energy. But in our minds, we can seem to block ourselves off from the flow of energy and therefore make a, quote, supply. And then we can use up that energy in our daily life And every time we're in conflict, we're using up our supply. Whenever we get into space, into peace, we're opening up a space that allows a constant flow. Like if you had a barn, and there was barn doors on one side, and then you could also open barn doors on the other side, and the air was just flowing straight through, and there was nothing holding it in, stopping it from passing through, stopping it from flowing. When we open ourselves up to that space, we're in our true space, which is abundant energy. Can't get tired, can't be exhausted in any way, can't get mentally exhausted, any of the things that make us tired. It becomes impossible. You open yourself up. And the key word here is open yourself up to the flow of the energy that you are. And to do this, you must not be in conflict at all. 
And so acceptance and surrender become big words. And fortunately, we have a lot of misunderstandings around these words, especially the word surrender. Because we think surrender means giving up to someone else to do whatever they want to us, with us, whatever. And that's not what it means. Surrender is just simply not fighting against what is happening, accepting what is happening. And only from that space can we then move forward in a new direction. In other words, if you have a cold and you're telling yourself, oh, I don't have a cold, and you're trying to do things like run a marathon with a cold, you're not going to be able to run the marathon because you're not accepting the fact that you're experiencing a cold. And, you're going to try to, and you'll actually make yourself worse off trying to force yourself to do something that you can't do under those conditions. So therefore, accepting that you have a cold, taking care of the cold, and then moving forward, you can run a marathon, let's say, the next day. But whenever we're fighting against whatever it is we're experiencing, again, whatever we fight against, we're strengthening that thing. And so if something's in our way and we fight it, we're just making it bigger. The moment we accept it and say, okay, I accept it, it can move on and then we can move on. And these are concepts that we have to not only understand in our minds, but then apply in our experience. Because what we're talking about here is experience, is the feel of it, not just the wonderful words or the wonderful concepts of it. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very, very true. It's the feel of it. And um, I was particularly moved by your your idea that this is a flow-through, like opening uh, a uh, barn, put doors on either side of the barn, and allowing the air to go through. And, and if you think about it, uh, that is precisely what we talk about when we're talking about it in meditation, we are going through the process of breathing in with your nose, breathing, bringing it all the way through, and then breathing out. Generally, people say different things. I, I don't know that there's one right thing. Some people blow out with their nose. Some people blow out their mouth. You know, but what what matters, some people may breathe in with their mouth and blow out with their nose. It doesn't really matter. What matters is the completion of that cycle, the breathing in and the breathing out, allowing the air to flow through. And, and holding on to that miraculous value and recognition of who you are, that you are enough. I so much uh, this weekend uh, or this week as I've listened to things, even this weekend a bit. So much of what I've heard stems from people saying with their words. When you say to them, "You are enough. You need to believe you are enough," they their immediate remark is, "I know. I believe that. I know I'm enough," but. Do they really? Because if they did, they would be comfortable in in allowing other people to speak without bringing the conversation back to them. If if they did, they would feel at ease and realize that that beautiful, beautiful passage that's in the Quran, it's in the Old Testament, it's in the New Testament, it's verbalized, it's Hinduism, it's recognized, well, of course, Buddhism is a sector of uh, Hinduism, but uh, it, it's just it, it's just kind of a generalized concept of living your life well, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Love others as you love yourself. So you love yourself. If you love yourself enough, you want to allow someone to speak and listen. Give them your attention and not... And and there's a difference, I believe, between carrying on a conversation and sharing experiences, you know, and laughing together about common experiences. And I think we all know someone who just keeps bringing it back to them. The only person that really should be talked about is in the room. You know, the room is all about one person. 
And yet if you try to talk to that person about loving themselves, you're caught in this thing, should I stop, should I wait, should I reconsider, and will it will it matter? And um, I was in Al-Anon for a lot of years. I've added myself here. And one of the things I learned from that experience is you probably should only say something once. So if you say to someone, you are enough and you are loved, and they say, I know I am, even though you sense intuitively, and you may be correct, that they don't, now it's time to just say it once, you know, and let it be. Because no one can lead a person to the realization that they are enough. He or she is enough. Until that person's ready to believe that. You can talk about it. You could flail about it. You can say it. But until they're willing and able to breathe in cool, fresh air, and feel the wonder of that breath as it moves through their body and blow out the negative thoughts of the past about themselves. They have to be where they are. It's not giving up on them, but it's recognizing that each person is on their own journey, their own self-defined journey, and it was all mapped out, all the possible choices, and they made a decision that they wanted to experience everything that was mapped out, good, bad, or ugly. And in doing that, they would still be able to keep their eye on the ball and remember that we are part of a whole. I call it our connection and our separate connectedness. And right now in our human form, we're in our separate connectedness. I am going to play Sky Scent, and um, Brian, would you like to bring us all to a place where we're breathing in and out together and sharing our breath with God? And do you mind that there's some music behind you that has words in it? No, not at all. Please. Sky Scent is supposed to be religiously inspired to inspire all of us to remember. Let us now take this time to simply practice what we've been preaching, if you will. To allow ourselves to experience the space of peace that Mara and myself have been speaking about throughout the show. It is the experience itself that will lead us forward and on to a more peaceful experience in our everyday lives. And the more time we spend in this space, the more time we consciously choose to come into this experience the easier and easier become to experience this more and more often. So let us now simply close our eyes and begin to breathe slowly and deeply, allowing yourself to just breathe naturally for you. Do not force yourself. Simply allow yourself to come into a space of relaxation, of comfort. Let us now give our full attention to the breath, just noticing and observing as we're breathing the pattern of breath. Do you take nice full inhalation and releasing it nice and fully in time? Do you take shorter breaths on the inhalation than on the exhalation? Just notice these things. Letting go, becoming observant, and experiencing yourself naturally 
with your breath. Allow yourself any tension, any stress, any worry or anxiety to move through you, to move on the wave of your breath. As you inhale, pick up these heavy energies, and as you exhale, release them, and allow yourself to relax, to let go, to let flow, to be at peace. Let us now, as we continue to breathe in this way, take our attention to the top of the head. Breathing in nice and deeply. Feeling the air from the breath. In coming into the lungs. And now as you breathe out, feel yourself relax from the top down. Feel your forehead Releasing stress and strain. Breathing in once again. And as you let go, feeling your cheeks and jaw relax. Letting go and letting flow. Breathing in once again. And as you breathe out, feeling the ass, the breath, the air. Move into the throat. Helping to relax and release any tension, any stress. Breathing in once again and feeling the energy moving down to the shoulders, into the arms, into the hands, into the tips of the fingers. Feeling yourself relax, letting go, and be at peace. Breathing in again, as you breathe out, feeling the energy moving down, down into the heart chakra, into the chest, and into the shoulder blades. Feeling more peace, more ease, and more relaxed. Breathing in once again, as you breathe out, Feeling the breath moving down into the solar plexus, into the rib cage, and in the mid back. Letting go of all worry, anxiety, and guilt. Coming into a space of peace and quiet. Breathing in deeply once again, and breathing out down into the lower abdomen, into the stomach into the lower back, releasing, feeling at ease and at peace, breathing in once again, and feeling the air, feeling the energies, moving down into the root chakra, down into the hips, the pelvis, down into the lower part of the spine, at the base of the spine. Breathing slowly and deeply. Feeling the energies moving down, down into the legs, into the thighs, into the knees. Letting go, relaxing, being at peace. Feeling the flow of the energies moving about. As you breathe in once again, and as you breathe out, feeling the energies moving down into the calves, the ankles, down to the feet, all the way to the tips of the toes. Feel yourself fully relaxed now, fully at ease, fully at peace. And now as we continue to breathe for the next few moments, just be with this experience. Just allow yourself to feel yourself internally.
feel the energies moving and flowing with greater ease and just observe this space and have this experience feel become part of your cellular memory making it easier to remain in this space and to return to this space when we find ourselves outside of it. Let us now spend the next few moments, the next few breaths, simply marinating this beautiful energy in this way. starting to wander and thinking, oh my gosh, how can I be not thinking about something else? This is, this is a waste of my time. Know that this is truly the best investment that you can ever make in your life. Investing in yourself. Allow those thoughts to drift away with the idea that in your meditation, When you come back from the place of peace, the answers will be waiting for you. So simply take your hand and move them off to the side. Release them. This is a very short piece.
this space for longer periods of time until eventually we find ourselves one day never leaving this space again. And that is the peace that Mara and myself speak about Absolutely. We have a caller on the line from area code 386. Uh, did you wish to, to share or are you calling to listen from uh, this spot? We, we get both types of calls. Hello? Hello? Hi. Welcome. What's your name? Um, Sheena. <laughs> Hi, Sheena. Nice to have you here. Uh, is there something you wanted to share with us today? Um, I wanted to know if you uh, are working on ratings. Are we working on ratings? Yes. Um, yes, we could do I guess, Sure, we could do one. Absolutely, okay. we can always do readings. Oh, okay. Um, well, I am going through this situation um, where... I am trying to uh, break up with the person um, romantically-wise, and they're not trying to let go. And I um, met someone else, a nice guy, he's young. Um, Then I'm confused because we had uh, some nice times, but then he just stopped calling. So I'm kind of confused right now on which way I should go. I don't want to run back to my ex because there's so many things that happen between us. I would like to uh, be friends with this new guy, but I'm confused about it because he hasn't called me, and so I'm just, I need some insight on that. That's interesting. Um, Shana, I, you know the thing about, about love life uh, is so much of its grounded in being true to yourself. And I I think that there's a profound statement in I don't really want to go back to my ex. But and and I think that's true, but I think there may be unspoken words for yourself. I'm feeling this feeling that's running from my right ear down kind of to under my jaw and it's really almost a painful feeling. And I sense that you have some unspoken words that, or maybe unspoken ideas that you need to decide upon. And this other guy, we can't tell you who's going to be the right person. And Brian may be able to, but I, I can't tell you who's, which is the right choice. But I can tell you that my guides are saying the right choice might be to be alone for a while. And, okay. and to sit to sit down and, and figure out what it is, those unspoken words to yourself, there's been enough said, okay? But now there's still things you haven't said. And maybe you need to really look, come to grips with those things with your ex so that you know that they don't resurface. They aren't patterns in relationships, that you don't see them again. So so maybe sit down and write down what you're looking for, kind of a manifestation, so that you set up the standards that you want. And if this other man out here truly meets your expectations, then he will work his way back into your life. Okay. But if he doesn't, that doesn't mean that you will be alone forever, but it does mean that you will have the boundary set so that you know what you deserve. I, I was just wondering why all of a sudden he just stopped calling. It makes me feel like he was either involved with somebody already or just, um, it just, it was weird to me to stop calling and I got confused. I'm like, and I understand that. I understand that. I I can't, although I can feel him now that you're talking about him, 
I can't really read what's in him and tell you because that would be a violation of his his rights to privacy. You know, right. so I, I, and so we can't really, but I can tell you, it's, it's not, I can say this, I believe, that it's not about you. And if he's the right person for you, then that will work its way out naturally. But it's not the choice of the ex or the new guy because there's nothing wrong with you. It's it's a question of, uh, oh, and geez, my, my right temporal lobe is really throbbing on this. It's a question of you being okay enough with yourself to just be alone with God for a while. And, and to, that's very hard. That's the hardest thing for human beings, to be alone. And it, it sounds so abstractly easy, and yet it's not. I know it's not. But it's also being alone with God means opening your palms and letting go of the control. I know that you could call a psychic, and he or she would tell you what you needed to do to bring this guy back into your life right now, how you could manipulate that situation. And what's amazing was, if you want to know my guides, the first thing they said is, don't call him. Resist that urge. Resist that urge. That was the very first thing they said, don't call him. Don't do that. Okay. And then, then they redirected me back to you. And also, don't call your ex. You've closed the door. You may not have said to him everything you needed to say, but you shut that door. And he may not be getting it, but leave the door shut. Okay. That's what they're um, saying. Okay. Yeah, the thing is, is we have a, a daughter together. And, I mean, I, I, it hurts me to tell them it's over. It's it's like my emotions run deep with this, so I'm I'm really, like, on the edge with this, and I'm like, I want to be able to just move on smoothly. I don't want any problems. I just don't want that, and it's not looking like I'm going to be able to do it. I mean, I don't want him to harm himself, and I don't want him to harm me, and I just feel like it's not going to be a smooth letdown. That's that's what I'm worried there's about. No such, there's no such thing as a smooth letdown. If one, but you also can't make a relationship where only one person wants to be a part of it. Exactly. I feel your heart. I I feel. I can feel the heaviness that you're carrying about this. But you know, you and he will always be connected through your daughter, and so you need to treat him with love, but nevertheless have your boundary. Draw your boundaries and then decide what you want. And don't let anyone who doesn't meet those expectations in. Again, you've done that. They're saying that's your pattern. Maybe it's all women's pattern. I don't know. But you've been doing it for a while. Believe you're enough. Spend some time appreciating you. And then I I promise you if you do, you will get rid of that pain that is underneath your right breast. You will. You are enough and you are valuable. With that, uh, we are coming up to our last one minute, Shana. We'd like you to stay on the air. Brian, uh, we do have a little more than a minute. Did you want to add something? Um, I thought you were spot on on everything that you said. I would very much um, just like to emphasize what it was that you were saying about not needing to um, jump in from one relationship to another as far as um, having to be in a relationship to somehow identify yourself or feel good about yourself, to spend a little time with you right now and to, as Mari was sharing, just kind of put down on paper so that you can make clear for yourself what it is that you are looking for since the experience that you just came from with your ex isn't quite the experience that you were looking for. How to get clear in that space, open up a door for that one to walk in, walk through into your life, and that would be a wonderful place to spend your time right now. 
Okay, thank you. I really appreciate the advice, and I'm 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 gonna do that. I'm gonna spend some time alone because obviously that's what I need to do, and I think I can do that for myself just to be happy. Great, what a wonderful gift you'll give yourself when you do that. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. You all have a good day. You too. Peace be with you. Thank you. Thank you. Brian, our show went off the air. But that's okay. That's what it's all about. I I didn't know how to go in and and extend it. I probably should have tried. Um, When I realized we were going to to come to that place, uh, it was too late. We were just minutes away. Um, could you call me on the regular line so we could just talk about whether we want to do next Sunday or not? I'm going to be traveling, but I'll be in a hotel, so I could do it if you'd like to. Okay, we can do that. Okay, so why not? If you want to call me and let me know, uh, give me a phone call at your convenience. And peace be with everyone who listens to us in archival, because no one's going to hear this otherwise. <laughs> talk to you later. Thanks. Bye bye. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you, Mara. Pardon me. Peace oh, be thank with you, you all. Absolutely. Peace be with you all. Namaste. Namaste.